you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what to say. It was a long time coming, and, and uh, uh, a lot of people helped me along the way, especially my, my parents. Thank you very much. Uh, it's, been a, it's been an awesome journey, and I've been stretched a lot as a, as a person and as a pastor. And uh, so thank you. Thank you very much for that. Uh, we are uh, starting a new, a new series called Point of View, uh, point of, uh, POV, this kind of this, this thought of Jesus coming, and we're kind of moving into the holiday season, and just kind of like going through our minds and like just talking about, you know, what was the true impact of Jesus and, and the meaning of Him coming, and then we were thinking, you know what? all through the story of God that, that people viewed this event in a different way. Uh, there were the, the, the religious rulers, how they viewed the coming Messiah. There were, was Herod the king. There were the shepherds, and there was Mary and, and Joseph, and even how God viewed this, this coming. So over the next few weeks, we are going to be uh, taking different people's point of views on, on the coming of the Messiah, the coming of Jesus as we move into this Christmas season, to really kind of take a step back and ask ourselves the question, how, how do I see it? How do I see Emmanuel, God here on earth, and how does that impact our lives? So today, to, to begin the journey, we're going to be in Luke chapter 2 and in verse 25, and, and there's this guy named Simeon, and, and God had promised this Jewish leader, this, this, this scholar, that he would not die before he saw the Messiah. In fact, here in in verse 25, he says, At that time, there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was a righteous and devout. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. And I think right here at the, at the beginning, the beginning of kind of like the Christmas story, we're, we're presented with a question. We're presented with this question of like, well, what does... What does the Messiah and what does, you know, Israel have to do with Jesus? What does it have to do with Christmas? I tweeted a uh, quote by Scott McKnight this week talking about how, how many Christians don't, uh, don't feel that they need even the Old Testament to be a Christian, that, that they, they compartmentalize their, 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 their faith to the New Testament. And, and there lies a problem because our faith is so much larger than that. In fact, I kind of uh, got this, uh, this image of kind of the salvation culture versus kind of the gospel culture, that, that the gospel was not invented when Jesus came. In fact, uh, the Old Testament uh, talks about the gospel again and again. This is the good news, the proclamation that a Savior is coming. This gospel is what Simeon was waiting for, the, the, the person of Christ and the story of God. 
And the other day, uh, the other evening, uh, Eric uh, Boo Bear, my son, and I were, were driving home, and, and we're, we're back in our neighborhood, and we're, we're driving along, and, and suddenly this deer comes out of nowhere. And, and like, he yells, I yell. We didn't sin in our yelling, but we, we were like, I mean, this thing came out of nowhere. And I was like, whoa, you know, and I swerved around this, around this deer and then missed it. Thank goodness. I was all like, we almost had venison for dinner, but uh, uh, going, going, going along, guess what I did next? Got back on course and, and kept on going, right? and going to my previous destination. And, and I think a lot of us, this is how we've been presented the gospel, right? That we're, we're, we're headed along, we're, we're on our path, and suddenly a deer jumps out, you know, some, you know, hell, you know, and somebody, pro, you know, proclaims, you know, watch out! And we swerve, right? And then we swerve back, and we continue on our destination and say, "Woo, I got saved. But I want to present to you today that, that, you know what, the gospel message is so much fuller than that. In fact, you know what, it, it is nearly impossible for us to know about the gospel without knowing the story of Israel. It, the whole foundation of the story of, uh, uh, or the story of Jesus and the, and, the, and the story of salvation and how we're meant to interact with the world is based on this, on this uh, image or, or foundation of the story of Israel, which is the Bible. And I have a little graphic over here just to kind of help you see this. And based and then built on that on that of the story of Israel, the Bible, then we have the story of Jesus. You see, this is the, the intersection that we're picking up our story today, is that Simeon sees the Messiah, and, and he's so excited, and, and that's where the story of Jesus really starts to begin. And out of the story of, of Jesus, we have the plan of salvation. We have, you know, the, the understanding that, oh, wow, I see in the larger picture that, that of the context of what the gospel is starting to mean. And then out of that, we have our, our method of appeal or, or proclamation. You see, the story of Israel and the basis starts all the way back into the Garden of Eden, right? It starts with Adam and Eve. What, you know, Jesus, or God put Adam and Eve on this, on this earth to, to what? To manage, right? To, to govern his creation. And they, he made them in their image. The Greek word there is, is icon, actually. And uh, it's not spelled like our icon, but it basically has the, the same, under, you know, same understanding that this is an image, an image of, of, of God. We are an image of God, and we are here as, as managers. And, we were, and that was the original intent of, of Adam and Eve. And then they failed, right? They failed, and, and eventually there became a guy named Abraham, and we talked about this the other week, and, and, and through him, the world was going to be blessed, and then eventually the church, right? And we were meant to be, and he was meant to be, and we are meant to be God's, uh, 
we are meant to be God's priest and, and showing his redemptiveness here on earth. But Israel failed, right? Israel, Israel failed as well as the prophets and the judges and the kings. So God sent his son to do what Adam and Eve could not do. And as king and Messiah, which Messiah means king, Jesus came to, to proclaim the redemptive power of God. And then eventually, it's going to come full circle, right? This is the story of Israel. This is what our Christian faith is based on, that, that eventually we're told in Revelation chapter 21 and 22 that, that God is going to bring order back here on earth and not reestablish the garden, but to have a holy city that, that the presence of God will be in, and it will be Christ-centered. And there we, we have the basis, and this is why Simeon had this, this anticipation because he knew from, from Scripture, the story of Israel, that there has been a severed relationship between the people of God, his creation, and, and God since original uh, sin came into the world. But we can't just jump from there and, and straight to the cross. You see, if we, we do that, we miss the whole story. It's like going along, and, and when Eric and I were going, and, and that deer jumped out, and we swerved around that deer, and we kept on going. That, that you know what, the story is much fuller than that. That's just an aspect of that story. In fact, there's a whole backfill story of my relationship with my son and, and why he was with me in the first place. I mean, my son doesn't even, wouldn't even exist if we didn't have, I didn't have a relationship with my wife, Shannon, right? And, and our relationship w- wouldn't existed if it wasn't for the story of my parents and her parents. And, and, our, and their stories, my kids' stories, are going to be expanded because of what came before them and, and what will come after them. And we have the full picture of the gospel when we do this. You guys read like C.S. Lewis and, and, uh, and his uh, famous series, The Chronicle of Narnia, right? You've heard of it? All right, all right. But most people, when they, they think of the Chronicles of Narnia, they, they think of what? The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. And, and that's really, that's the, that, that's the salvation message, right? That's, that, that's about Jesus. But, but the Chronicles of Narnia is what? The Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of story before and a whole bunch of story after. And even though that is a crit- the, the line, the witch, and the wardrobe is a critical element in that story, it is not the complete story. So as we go forward and we, we see, you know, why was Simeon there and why did he have so, an- so much anticipation is because he was looking at the full story and seeing this next chapter unfold and the anticipation and the excitement of that happening. It continues on and says, the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple, 
So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace, as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is the light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. And here we have the, the, next, the next layer, right? We have the story of Israel where, where Simeon is kind of taking his point of view is that, that the Messiah is here, that this is, this, his point of view was, oh my, oh my God, literally. And, and this idea that, you know what, the Messiah is here and now, now I can move on because there has been this fulfillment. And the next part we have is, is the story of Jesus and, and, and what happens past there. You see, a lot of times when we think of the gospel, we have a, a, a Friday mentality. And maybe if we know our Bible a little bit better, maybe we have a, a Friday through Sunday mentality. But, but the story of Jesus is, is much more than just what happened on the cross. You see... The story of Jesus is based on the story of Israel. And the story of Jesus, you know, if God wanted, if, there, if the first 33 years of, of Jesus' life didn't really matter before the, before the cross, why didn't God just send him in? Die on the cross and, and raise and, and, and go. Because there was something more to it. See, the life of Jesus, his birth is important in the story, the redemptive story of Jesus, his life, his teachings, his miracles, his actions, his death, his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension forms what we understand as the gospel, as the good news proclaimed by God. In Luke uh, chapter 2 and verse 33, the story continues. Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, were amazed at what was being said about him. I always wonder why they were amazed. You know, they had all these angels earlier on, right, and all this kind of stuff. But it's still, it's like, you know, you know something, but you still get amazed by it. Like, dang, that's crazy. Like these sacred echoes uh, of just being, of these confirmations, that God's like reminding them. And they're just like amazed, like maybe they weren't so much amazed of what they were saying, what was being said, but, but maybe they were amazed that other people were now confirming it. And just how cool that, that would have been, you know, like Joseph, like say, Mary, I guess you didn't eat some bad mushrooms or something like that. that yeah, you know, other people here are, 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 are supernaturally identifying the, our baby, our son, Jesus, as the Messiah. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, the child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of my heart of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. And here we again, again, the, the, the story of Israel is being re-injected um, uh, uh, into the story of Jesus. And 
And it continues on from the, the story of, of Israel and the story of Jesus to this understanding of salvation. Remember the, the idea of, of a lot of times when we think, you know, it's like salvation is just missing a deer and then keep on going. But that is not the fullest sense of the gospel. And it's not even the fullest sense of salvation. I think it's a very shallow kind of faith that, that if our faith, and we've all heard it, heard it this way, kind of the, the four spiritual laws is, you know what, you are a sinner. Now, I'm not discrediting this. This is true. But, but if, if your complete picture of the gospel is you're a sinner and God sent Jesus to save you and you accept that, then you're saved. And you kind of are left with this, this like, okay, I'm saved. But now what? You see, the gospel is much fuller than just the, chronic, or just the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe, that there is a whole series, that, and, and salvation, although a critical part of the story, is only part of the story. N.T. Wright says it this way, the work of salvation in its full sense is about whole human beings, not merely souls. We know this is true because of what Jesus talked about in Mark chapter 12, right? The most important commandment, to, to holistically love God with what? All, your, all of your heart. All of, your, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. And equally as important, loving others as yourself. And I love this next part too. It's about the present, not simply the future. This, this idea that, that we are saved by grace, yes, but we are saved for a purpose, for the here and now to be the redemptive agents of God. And then third, it's about what God does through us, not merely what God does in us and for us. Again, yes, you know what? Thank God that, that God saved us. But it's more than that. Salvation is more than that. We know in Ephesians 2.10 that, that, that we are God's masterpiece created, what? Anew to do the things that God has planned for us long ago. And and what God does through us is every bit as important as what do God does in us and for us. So we circle back around in this kind of this, this point of view is this point of anticipation. Because there's another person who comes in, her name's Anna, and she's a prophet. And just check this lady out. She was also in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel. Okay. Uh, from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married uh, only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84. You know, this kind of idea that, that she's there, she's at the temple, and, and, and who knows how old she is here. You know, I don't know how long she lived uh, after this moment, but let's say she's 80. Say she lived four more years. And she just has this, this, this point of anticipation. And, and when she sees the Messiah, it changes how she interacts with everyone else. 
And if we could go back to the, to the, the four bars uh, that I started out with, this idea of the next, the next level is we start with the story of Israel, right? The Bible. Then we have the story of Jesus. And then we have uh, the, the, the plan of salvation. And then finally, out of that, this is our, our motivation and our, brings to us our method of appeal, our, our method of persuasion. And check out how she persuaded people. She never left the temple but stayed there day and night worshiping God with fasting and prayer. She came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began praising God. She talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. With Jesus's parents, uh, when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned to Nazareth in Galilee. You see, out of the story of Israel, this story doesn't make any sense outside of the, of the context of understanding the full story. I mean, this is the beginning of the, of the Christmas story of Emmanuel, God with us. This, this idea that there was this great anticipation that God was going to step back into history and fulfill His promise. And because they knew the story of Israel and they knew what Jesus had come to do and how he was going to bring salvation, that, that it naturally the conversations and their actions naturally flowed out of that understanding and an overflowing of being, wanting to connect with other people and to proclaim that God was here and the Messiah was here. You see, Simeon and Anna saw Jesus as the fulfillment of the story of Israel, the Messiah King who had come to rescue not only them, but, but their people, the people of Israel, to, to usher in the new covenant, what we know of the New Testament, as the covenant of love and grace. And I think that when we reduce the gospel to a message of individualistic salvation, this kind of fire insurance, swerve around the deer and, and keep on going the way that you were, that we miss out on the full sense of the gospel. The gospel is based in, in the whole story of God. And the gospel is based in the whole life and story of Jesus. And yes, the cross is central to that story. And that, that we are able to, to come to the foot of the cross and accept the forgiveness and the sacrifice that, that Christ came to give. But not so we can just swerve the deer and, and, and miss eternal damnation but that, that we are saved for a purpose, a purpose to go and be the conduit of God's love and mercy to this lost and hurting world. So Simeon and Anna saw the Messiah. How do you see the coming of Jesus? Will you guys pray with me?
Dear God, I just thank you for this story that I think a lot of times has been one of those skip-over stories because we just don't have the context set for it. God, I just pray as we go through this series and we, we pull out these different point of views of the coming of Jesus, that we will be challenged, that we will question our own point of view of how we see you and the purpose of you coming. God, I just pray that you'll open up our hearts and minds to the, to the full fullness of the gospel, to, to encapsulate the whole story of Israel, the full life and teachings and actions and miracles of Jesus, to, of course, be challenged with the, the question, have I accepted the forgiveness that you offer? And then finally, how do I interact with the world and how do I proclaim the good news to others? We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.